Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog as Noni, which is short for anonymous, over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to get and keep my own home under control. I tell the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. Real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Um, This is podcast number 67. Uh, If you would like to find the show notes for this, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and uh, scroll down and you can click on podcast number 67. If by the time that you listen to this, if you're one of my wonderful people who listened to it in the first day or week, um, it and it's not actually listed on that site, just uh, scroll down to the bottom and uh, it will say, in case I fall behind, which totally happens, you can see all posts labeled podcasts here. Anyway, and just click on that and it will take you to um, all of my podcasts. You can go down to the bottom after, you know, there's three on a page. So go on down to the bottom and click on next ones. Anyway, um, if you would like to connect on Facebook, uh, or Instagram or all of my other social media channels, just go to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect. Um, this podcast number 67 is brought to you by, um, my eBooks that are the blog in eBook form. I recommend to people who are completely and totally overwhelmed to read the blog backwards, which is completely free, uh, and totally available at all times to everyone. Uh, well, sort of anyway, um, whatever. I'll explain that in just a second. But basically you can read the blog for free backwards. Um, it explains how to do that. If you go to get started on my homepage at aslobcomesclean.com, it's up there in the menu bar. Um, but you can also purchase the first three years of aslobcomesclean.com in ebook form, which means you can stick it on your Kindle. And we have, um, one of the files that you have available to download is specially formatted for Kindle. Um, and it just makes it easier to read so that, uh, you don't have to do all the clicking. You don't have to be online. So, um, I guess that's what I meant when I said available almost all the time. I mean, if you're, if you're in the car and you're, um, going somewhere, not while you're driving, but obviously, but if you're going somewhere in the car or if you're on a trip or you're, you know, whatever outside with your kids and they're jumping on the trampoline and they're old enough to not have you watching them every single second. Um, but you just want to read your book. Well, you can read it like a book, um, on a Kindle. So, um, anyway, that is available. Just go to my eBooks, um, on that same, um, menu bar at the top of the, uh, site. Okay. So I'm kind of random today, but anyway, this is podcast number 67. And, um, I so appreciate the podcast ideas, which I have been, uh, reading and I will be totally podcasting on those. But as I was thinking about today, um, I thought, you know, I need to do a little update on the, um, whether or not I am getting, uh, someone to come in and clean my house. Um, I talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I think it was 64 maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, I am all for hiring someone to clean your house. Uh, if you are financially able to do it and, um, you know, the main reason 
just not to go back over everything I talked about in that one, but um, why not? You know, if, if it's some personal weird hang up, which I totally identify with of, I should be able to do this. I should be able to, but if the fact is that it's not getting done and you actually could afford to have someone else do it, then you need to do that because it gives someone else a job and it takes that stress off of you. And most people I know who have someone cl- come in and clean their house, um, tell me, I mean, seriously, multiple people on their own have told me that if something happened financially, the last thing they would give up is the person cleaning their house. Um, so it really, you know, anyway, so, uh, because I'm writing a book, um, right now, and that is a big stress on me, I, um, am absolutely all for getting someone to clean my house, but I haven't. Um, and the reason is a little, um, I guess it's just ironic anyway. And that is that, um, my house is actually, even though it's not perfect by any means, um, it's actually staying fairly decent. And the reason is because my best way to cure writer's block or to get my brain going for writing is by cleaning. I know it's just ridiculous. Um, but that's the whole blogging as a way to stay motivated to clean my house has all played out. And, um, so anyway, basically one of my little processes that I'm doing is, you know, trying to outline what I'm going to write and then I go clean and that lets somehow it lets my brain start working. I, I know. Anyway, so I have not hired someone. Um, but that is not to say that I'm not going to, because, um, I am all for it anyway. So, but that's why I haven't, but I started thinking about something I have done and I'm in a little blogging accountability group. Um, and we're talking about different things. And one of the things that had come up was, um, you know, doing something that's good for you, like taking the time to stop and do something that's good for you. And I just said, you know, I need to get a massage and, um, because I, I really, okay. So as bloggers, you know, you go to these conferences and things and they'll have a sponsor and sometimes the sponsor will, their thing that they will do is they'll do like a, you know, chair massage for everybody. So everybody gets one. Well, I have done it maybe two or three times at different blogging conferences and I love massages. I, I mean, seriously, I know there are people who are like, Oh yeah, those are nice. So, I mean, like to me, that is the ultimate in indulgence is to get a massage. And, um, anyway, so at these conferences, um, I would go up and I have like, there is not a single other place on my body that is, um, like solid muscle, it seems like, but my neck and shoulders, I mean, are basically, they feel like concrete. I mean, they are so unbelievably tight and firm. Um, like I said, nothing else is tight and firm, but that is anyway. So, um, I I would go up to these, you know, at these conferences and I would say, now, just so you know, um, you know, I really have really, really tight, um, shoulders. And I don't know if you've ever had anybody this tight and they'd be like, "Uh that's what everybody says, (laughs) you know, real condescending. And then, um, they would rub my shoulders for like five minutes and then they would go, yeah, so you have the tightest shoulders of anybody I've ever, um, worked on before. And they would tell me, they're like, you need to have this done on a regular basis, like every week you need to do this because it is damaging anyway. And I had been to a chiropractor probably two years ago. I went cause my neck just got so, so bad. 
Um, and I, and it did help some, but anyway, so I've known for a long time that I needed to go get a massage, but two things, number one, the money, because I was born frugal. I know there are people who have to work really hard to change their mindset, to be a frugal mindset. I'm the complete opposite of that. I was born frugal. I love everything and anything frugal and basically cheap. So, um, the money, the thought of spending that money was like, well, I don't have to have a massage. I don't, I don't have to do that. And because I like it so much, which this is part of kind of where I'm going with today, what I'm talking about, um, is, you know, it just seems so self-indulgent that I'm like, well, I can't, I can't do that, you know? And, um, and, and the time that it would take away from what I was doing. But so anyway, we're talking in this group and it, you know, was like kind of a challenge that we're doing. We said, okay, you know, you need to do something that is personal and, you know, helps you, which I'm always kind of hesitant of those things. Anything that's like, oh, me time. I, I totally see value in that. And I'm not knocking it at all. But sometimes I think that, you know, I do think there are times where me time can end up being, you know, selfish, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, where's that balance between selfishness and taking care of myself, like actually taking care of myself. So anyway, um, this masseuse who had been recommended because I haven't had a massage other than those little ones at, um, the thing I haven't had a massage in probably 10 years, maybe, um, or more. Yeah. Anyway, 10 or 12 years. So I hadn't had one other than those little five minute ones. So, um, I had kind of been thinking about, okay, I need to do this just because my shoulders hurt so bad. And I know writing seems to be a very passive unphysical thing, but it can wreak havoc on, you know, carpal tunnel and, you know, my arms and my shoulders and all that, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it actually really does have an effect. Um, so anyway, so it just gets worse and worse and worse all the time. And I've thought, Oh, I need to get a massage. So, um, anyway, I had kind of watched and a friend had said some, I think they'd shared a post by their masseuse where they were running a special. And so I had liked this person's Facebook page anyway. And so I just said that in this group that I needed to do that. I need to at least go get a massage. And somebody had said, Hey, do you have a massage envy where you are? Cause I think you can buy a package and then that'll commit you to doing more. And we don't have that where I am. So anyway, um, this masseuse page that I looked at, I have been talking for 10 minutes about this. I'm sorry. I'll try to keep going anyway. So, um, this masseuse page, you know, she put out a special and it came through my feed and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I said, I was going to do it. This is part of the challenge of this thing that we're doing and I'm going to do this. So I just immediately messaged her and scheduled one for last Friday. And, once I was done with that massage, I said, okay, can I schedule one for next Friday? And can I buy the, um, can I pay for today's and then also buy the, buy two, get, um, one free so that, you know, I basically have a month's worth because the value of it was unbelievable. Um, so she's really good. And she immediately was like, okay, well you're right-handed and you, um, she was like, wow, your right shoulder is really bad. And she, I mean, I know that they always do that. I'm not a medical, blah, blah, blah. She goes, you know, I really think you might have some arthritis in your right shoulder. And just this weird feeling of, oh my God, I'm not just a wimp. Oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm not just a wimp because my right shoulder hurts all the time. And 
for somebody to kind of validate that. And then she worked on it. Like she worked so hard on that. And I have been most, I was completely pain-free in my shoulder for several days. And I have, am still, you know, getting close to almost a week later, I'm still mostly pain-free. There is such value in that, that I am kicking myself for having gone so long of thinking, oh, I'm too cheap for that, of seriously damaging my health and my ability to do what I believe I've been called by God to do, right? Um, my cheapness, that's what it is. It's, it's me being cheap as opposed to being frugal. And it's made me start thinking about this tendency that I have to be frugal in a way that damages things. You know, I am so cheap that, for example, you know, I will go to the store and we need such and such item. Maybe it's eggs. Eggs are insanely expensive right now. I don't fully understand what's going on on the whole chickens have some disease and so eggs are really expensive. Anyway, um, but, you know, I go to the store and I have to make myself buy eggs because the, what happens for me is I'm like, I know I need such and such. My family needs such and such. I get to the store and the price is too high and I just won't buy it. And so then I'll come home and I have to completely rework everything or I end up having to go back again and just buy it anyway because it's something that we really need. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I do things like that. I just won't buy it because it's more than I thought it should cost it to the point where it messes things up in our home, in our family, whatever. Um, uh, okay. So I started thinking about how this goes with cleaning. And I, I know I mentioned this once before. Um, it's a, it's a book and it's available on Kindle. It's also available as an audiobook. I read the Kindle, um, version, but I know it's also available like in hardcover and everything too, but it's called coming clean and it's written by, um, a, a girl who or a woman, I'm so sorry. Um, a woman who, uh, whose parents were hoarders, uh, primarily her father, but then how that affected her mother and the things that came in, you know, and one of the things that I kept seeing was, you know, her father's idea of frugality, her father's idea of seeing value in things that most people see as trash. And I just think, oh my goodness, that is so me. And that's one of the things that really struck me in that. So I started thinking about how many times does my idea of frugality and my passion for all things frugal and all that, how does that contribute to my slob problem so many times? Um, And it does. So anyway, here's just thoughts on that. Um, Okay, so one thing. So this isn't really necessarily frugality, but although I guess it kind of, anyway, I love free stuff. Like I, I love free stuff. You know, when I go to the fair or a boat show or something, you know, where everybody's giving out their little freebies, like I love that. I love getting all that. And I remember when other people would say no to some of that stuff and I would think, 
why would you say no? It's free. And I remember when my kids, you know, when my kids were little and we would go to something like that and they would get their little bag at one place and then they would just get whatever's free. It's like trick or treating, but it's all junk. You know, I mean, occasionally, yes, somebody has something that's good, which I appreciate now, but I just, I got it all. Why? Because it was free. Notepads, pens, water bottles, um, those things are actually useful, but a lot of times there's stuff that's completely not useful, like a little hand towel. I'm not going to use that hand towel that has such and such golf course on it or whatever. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, what am I going to use that for? But it was free. And so I would grab it. Well, then I would come home and I would have a bag full of junk. That bag full of junk, I, let's just be honest. That's my personality. I'm not going to come home and immediately go through that bag full of junk and pick out the things that are useful and throw the way. No, it sits there as a bag full of junk that weighs on me mentally because it's an added piece of clutter. And it's not just clutter. It's clutter that has stuff inside of it that I'm going to need to go through at some point. Who knows how long it's going to take me? Who knows how long, who knows how much angst I'm going to feel as I go and sort through these things. And so I just leave it there and it becomes this part of this huge clutter cycle that I tend toward with my personality. Um, uh, okay. Other things. Um, another thing too. Okay. So I've shared many times my passion for garage sales. Um, I feel maybe like, um, somebody who's gone through a program to get over an addiction when it comes to garage sales. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard, you know, people talk about as far as food addiction, which I'm not saying I don't have, um, but you know, with food addiction, one of the things that's difficult is, um, that you have to keep eating, you know, where like with alcohol addiction, that's a very strong pull. It's very difficult, but you don't have to have alcohol in your house, you know, so you can stay away from it. You can keep stuff out. Um, but food addiction, you know, is, is difficult because it's there and you have to eat. So, you know, how do you find that balance? Um, you know, I think that's kind of one of the things for me with, um, you know, with garage sales is, um, my kids grow, they just do. Um, it's going to be a while before they're done growing. And by the time they're done growing, it probably won't be my responsibility as much to, um, clothe them like it is now. Uh, but they keep g- growing. And so they grow out of things. So they need new, more new clothes and having been a garage sailor. Oh my word. It is difficult to go to the store and pay 20 bucks, which I understand is super duper cheap compared to what some people pay. But to me to pay $20 for a shirt that I know for a fact, if I would go to enough garage sales, I would find one for 50 cents somewhere. Um, that's, that's painful for me. Okay. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where, yes, I occasionally go to garage sales now, but I have had to say, I am willing to go pay 20 bucks for a shirt if I need it. Now, believe me, I'm always looking for the coupon to get it when I need it. And I'm looking for the place where I can go and get it for way under 20. But you know, that that's a difficult thing is knowing I could get this cheaper somewhere, but here's what happens when I go to a garage sale. I go to a garage sale and somebody has them for 50 cents. I'm going to buy every single one they have, which often is uh, more than I need. 
and that ends up with clothing clutter. And then I go to one more garage sale because why not? Because I'm out. Oh, well, they've got them too. And now all of a sudden, instead of, um, you know, seven shirts, which is all they need uh, for their uniforms, um, I've got 22 shirts. And as I've talked about in laundry, you know, podcasts before, if I have 22 shirts, well, that means they can go 22 days um, without needing an a clean shirt. And then that means I can go 22 days without doing the laundry. And if I can go 22 days without doing the laundry, by the time I have to do laundry, laundry is completely and totally overwhelming because I have three weeks worth of clothes. So, you know, the laundry day has broken that cycle to a degree and has helped me. I think all of these things work together in keeping under keeping laundry under control. I am so much more able to be realistic about how much we need when I am more realistic about how much we need, I realize, okay, um, you know, it just, it just all works together. So, um, another thing too, is oftentimes when things are super cheap. Okay. Here's, so here's how it works. Um, I had a friend who was, and I'm totally happy that I gave her this money because it was for a really good cause. But anyway, so she was, um, raising money to, um, host an orphan, uh, through this adoption program, um, from another country. And so she, uh, was, you know, putting to putting together this money. And so one of the things she was doing is, um, having garage sales and people, and this is somebody, it's funny to me because she is so not cluttered at all. Her house is always perfect, but, um, so she was having garage sales and people were giving her stuff. And, you know, I think like a, a storage unit place had, you know, some of their storage units that were, long abandoned, um, and hadn't been paid for in years, you know, then the stuff goes to the storage unit. Um, you know, they had given her stuff. So anyway, so she had this table and she put it on Facebook. I've got this table, $40. And I was like, Ooh, $40 for a table. You know what? Now that I see that table and see that it's only $40, it makes me think, you know what? I don't like my table that I have. And I could take that table and I could paint it and, Oh, I could paint it. Oh my goodness. Let me look on Pinterest. Oh, you know what I would love to do? I would love to do like stripes on the top and then like a solid color on the base. And that would be so, but you know what I did? I paid $40 for that table. I stuck it in the back of my father-in-law's truck that we were selling at the time. And then once, and it stayed there until we sold the truck. And then once the truck was sold, we moved it back and we moved into the garage which meant we couldn't park in the garage. And then, um, and I know you're thinking we should have just gone ahead and painted it. Well, I didn't. Okay. I just didn't. So, um, then we needed to get it out of the garage. And so we put it in the, um, on the back porch. And then I think with all the unbelievably wet weather that we had for like a month or two, um, it got nasty and moldy. And at that point I was like, Ooh, I don't even want to paint it anymore. So now we're going on like a year or two, I think of moving that humongous. I'm not kidding you. It was like a table for eight mm-hmm. plus a leaf. <laughs> um, anyway, so moving that stupid thing all around into different places, never actually getting it painted. Meanwhile, it's getting in worse and worse shape because it was outside. And I think it got, was in at some point at some place under a leak and it got rained on. And anyway, it, yeah, 40 bucks because that was such a great deal that I couldn't pass it up because, Hey, here's a table. And, 
you know what? Wouldn't it be great to have a table and to have gotten it for $40? Well, $40 is worth it to me to get it and save it, except that it's not worth it to me because it was a huge hassle for me. Do you know what we ended up doing? We tried to sell it in a garage sale for like five bucks, but I was super embarrassed because it looked so awful. Um, and then we ended up putting it out um, on trash day. And I'm assuming someone came and picked it up and took it because it was gone. Once our trash was gone, it was gone. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened to it, but it's gone. And I was glad it was gone. It might have gone in the trash truck. I know you're thinking, oh, they couldn't put that in a trash truck. Um, our people can, they will stick anything in their trash truck. So, uh, but, um, that was a table that maybe somebody else would have gotten for 40 bucks. And I mean, like I said, I'm more than happy to have that 40 bucks go toward it went to what it went toward. Um, but you know what I should have done? I should have just donated $40 to her cause because, Instead, I ended up with an albatross of a table, you know, something that was an albatross around my neck, which I can't even remember the literary reference, but I know that's a literary reference. So, but basically it was a huge hassle and pain for me that went on for a full year, if not two. Yeah. I have time passage awareness disorder, so I don't really remember exactly how long it was, but it was a really, really long time. Um, that this thing was a huge hassle for me. So was it frugal to get a table for 40 bucks? No, no, it wasn't. It's not a wasted 40 bucks because it went toward a good cause. But if it had been at a regular garage sale, that would have been a completely wasted $40. Like let me pay $40 to basically have a huge hassle for the next two years. That's beyond the definition of wasted. That's beyond, that's like the definition of crazy, I think. Um, so when does my frugality end up being a bad thing in my life as opposed to something helpful? Yes, my frugality is super helpful in stuff like the way that I grocery shop, you know, buying meat when it's on sale, getting it all put up so that it's all, you know, and I've always got meat in the freezer and I don't have to go out and buy it when it's out, you know, when it's, um, priced really high, that is great. But you know what? That works for me and other things with my frugality just end up being a problem. Um, I tend to have some OCD tendencies, not the kind where you keep your house clean, unfortunately. Um, And so I tend to think that if something is free, I have to have it. Um, But, you know, another thing that happens too is when I was in the height of my garage sailing, I could not pass up something that seemed like a good deal, whether I needed it or not. Now, part of that was because I was selling on eBay and I always intended to put everything on eBay and I put a lot of things on eBay, but I bought more than I actually sold on eBay. So that was a problem. Even though I came out ahead financially, which was the thing that made me think I was doing something great. Um, I stuff wise came out way behind. I ended up with way more stuff in my house that was never going to sell. Um, and the problem with that is a lot of times what I will do is I will grab tons of stuff on sale, tons of stuff for dirt cheap or take it when it's free. You know, that used to be a big part of my problem too, was I loved free stuff. So other people, when they wanted to get rid of their clutter, were like, Oh, well, Dana would love this. Dana will take anything. 
And so I would take it. Well, then I ended up with all this stuff so much that there was no way for my brain to really remember what I had. And so I would need something, but because I had so much junk in my house that was in piles where I had no idea what was at the bottom of the pile, I would go and buy it when I needed it because I didn't even remember that I had it because of the sheer volume of stuff that I had because I was collecting it because it was so cheap that I thought, well, even though I don't need it now, if I need it in the future, I'll be glad I had it, except that once I needed it, I didn't even remember that I had it. Okay. Does that sort of, I feel like I'm rambling, but, um, let's see. Okay. So, um, you know, one of my husband's (laughs) things that used to just, oh my word, it would get on my nerves when he would say this to me. And it still gets on my nerves because he still says it to me, but I realize the, um, value in him saying this and how I should say it myself. And that is, um, you know, I would say, Hey, used to be shelves for me. Hey, I found a shelf at a garage sale and I bought it. And he would say, where are we going to put that? And that question would get on my nerves because I was like, I don't know where we're going to put it. Why would you ask me that? It was a great deal, honey. Well, he was right. I mean, we didn't have a place to put it. And so then it would sit in the garage for a while until we finally, um, you know, either found a place for it, but I can't tell you how many times I would finally find a place for it, put it there and then decide, you know, a year later that it was just clutter where it was, you know? So, um, that question of where am I going to put it before I, before I purchase it, do I have a spot for it right now? Or in the case of that table that I purchased, am I going to be able to paint it this week? Um, or, do I need to just wait, you know, because I'm probably never going to paint it. I'm never going to actually do it. Um, other things too, um, you know, sometimes when it's something's a good deal, I will overlook the flaws. You know, that's kind of what I think about with that coming clean book and her father always, you know, picking up broken things, broken electronics. He would like, would hoard broken electronics. Um, I can totally see that, you know, I see the value in things. And this is one of the things I think that makes slobs really nice people is we see the value in things that are not perfect. You know, I don't, I have no interest in being perfect or in hanging out with perfect people. I don't, perfect people are not very fun, honestly, usually. Um, but you know, we tend to overlook the flaws because it's a good deal, but then when it comes time to actually using it, well, then we see the flaws and that keeps us from using it. And then it's just clutter in my house. Um, another thing too is learning to value my time and accept that time is worth something. Okay. Sometimes I think, well, if I can do that myself, why would I pay for it? Um, and part of this is just me growing older and saying, you know what? It is worth it to me to pay someone else this amount of money to do this if it's going to save me an hour. You know, I am willing to pay this much to have a free hour of my own time that I can use for something else and starting to realize the value in my time, the value of convenience. You know, I was raised by my mother or reared by my mother, sorry, um, reared by my mother who grew up on a farm and she is amazingly practical, amazingly efficient 
And she, um, you know, convenience was kind of a bad word, honestly, in our house. You know, I remember, um, I mean, convenience stores, Ooh, convenience stores, who would shop at a convenience store? I mean, only I went to Thailand and, um, somebody, you know, was, we were talking about groceries around there and they, and they said something about, well, a lot of times I'll just pick up what I need at Seven Eleven, And I mean, I just remember going, well, I would never go there. Like I said that here I was, I've been in this country for, I don't know, 48 hours at the most. And I'm telling them, oh my goodness, I would never grocery shop at a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Well, guess what? That's kind of where you do some of your grocery shopping there. Cause it's a really big hassle to get to a grocery store, which we would do, but a lot of your, this and that here and there, you went to Seven Eleven, and it was not that expensive, but you know, the thought of someone purchasing any type of groceries at a convenience store was like a sin in our family. I mean, it was just like the thought of that because they're paying for convenience because things get marked up in there. And y'all, that is so true. It is totally true. And I don't stop at shop grocery shop at seven 11s here, but sometimes you have to go, is convenience valuable to me? Is it valuable to me to be able to get this done faster and easier? Um, and sometimes the answer is actually yes. Convenience is not a bad word. Now, if I'm paying $7 for something that if I went across the street to the grocery store would be a dollar that I probably need to go to the grocery store. Okay. But, um, you know, and there are certain things I don't need and I'm not going to pay a huge amount for them, but to just get away from the idea of, um, always anything that's convenient, anything that's priced a little bit higher is bad. Sometimes I have to say, no, let me weigh all of what it's going to mean here. Um, I'm going to pay a little bit more but that means I'm only going to get one where if it was on sale for a dollar, I might get 10. Well, guess what? I might not need 10 of those in my house because getting 10, getting as much as I can for as cheap as I can is kind of what got me into this mess of having too much stuff. Um, and I'm starting to kind of try to change. I'm trying to change my view of clothing and things like that and saying, you know what? There is something to these people who look nice all the time, but wear the same thing over and over. Okay. Um, they have seen the value in paying more for fewer, really nice, well-fitting, high quality things over my tendency to say, well, how much can I get for this money? Um, you know, one of the things for me, I got a, um, I got a gift card for something. It was like a hundred dollar gift card. And my tendency in the past, a lot of times would be if I had a hundred dollars to spend like a gift card to a specific store where I have to go spend that, my tendency would be what, how much can I get for a hundred dollars? How many different things can I get for a hundred dollars? Well, then I would shop through the sale bins and I would get as much stuff as I could. And then the hundred dollars will be gone. And it's like, what'd you spend your hundred dollars on? Um, a bunch of stuff. Can't really remember what all it is. And then it ends up cluttering my home versus saying, okay, I have a hundred dollars to spend here. And for example, I bought our coffee maker. You can get a coffee maker for like $35. But I said, you know what? I'm going to get a nicer 
coffee maker, specifically one without a glass carafe, because I tend to break those all the time. I'm going to get a nicer coffee maker. I'm going to spend three times as much. Not was a gift card, so it wasn't even really spending. But I'm going to, instead of buying as many different things as I can for $100, I'm going to spend the full $100 on one item that's going to last me longer and really serve a purpose. So in the end, I have saved money because we've had the same coffee maker for at least three years. And generally we go through, would have gone through at least three in that time. Okay. So changing my idea of what value actually is. Okay. I have rambled and it's been 36 minutes, so I need to stop. I hope that, I don't know. We'll see. I'd love to get your thoughts on this idea. And if you tend to be um, detrimentally frugal, uh, frugal to your own detriment, if you tend to have that or not, um, I will never be a huge spender, but um, I'm trying to um, change how I look at things. A lot of the people who I know whose homes are not cluttered tend to pay a little more for fewer things as opposed to paying almost nothing for a whole lot like I naturally tend toward. Okay. All right. Thanks y'all. And I will talk to you next week. Don't forget this is podcast number 67. Is that right? And uh, you can find the show notes at a slash podcasts with an S. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.